0: From the top of the charts to the dusty one dollar bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. The, the the problem is for me is like it's not quite because my kids just went back to their moms and because it's only six o'clock and I haven't had dinner yet and stuff. I don't feel like I'm not drinking, which is usually what I'm doing.
1: I have. It's also fear. like.
0: Friday at eight thirty, which for me is when we record. Yeah. At ten thirty for you, I feel good about drinking at that point It's like it's Friday, I am a hundred percent over the week. I just put my kids to bed, like yeah. I am just like, yes, let's let's get into these booze. But it's like Sunday is six p.m. And I haven't had supper yet, so I am blind stinking sober.
1: I have had a beer. I don't know. I'm enjoying my one beer an evening. Spring drinking protocol.
0: (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, (laughs) welcome back, or for the first time, to Life to Labyrinth Podcast. My name is Bryn. I'm Angie. Hi. Hi, Angie. And we won't get into it, but Angie's just back from Toronto, which is why we're recording at a different time than normal, but this seems to be working for everybody.
1: Oh, man. Yes. Yes.
0: So, for this past week, even a couple of extra days... We listened to my suggestion that I was sort of thrust upon. I thought my suggestion was Santa Gold that we did with Renee, but apparently that wasn't my suggestion. So That was sort not of,
1: your idea. <laughs> no,
0: not especially. So I sort of panicked and picked something that I'd been listening to as the result of listening to Santa Gold, which led into me suggesting a theme for the month of April. And that is Greatest Hits album called Rule the World by Tears for Fears, which came out in 2017. Angie, tell me about your week with Tears for Fears.
1: What a delight this was. I am fairly familiar with Tears for Fears because I, like you, have an older sibling. But my sister being seven years older than me, I was exposed to a little bit of older music that maybe not everyone was. But I, and I texted her right before this and I was like, you listen to Tears for Fears, right? Like, how come I know every word of Sowing seeds of love. She was like, there was one (laughs) album I was, you know, kind of into, but I didn't crazy love it. Anyways, it doesn't matter. This music is a warm 80s blanket of a simpler time. (laughs) Like, this just reminds me of a summer day being a kid. Yeah. Just kind of like easygoing, light synthy pop. It's. It was actually really wonderful, and I listened to it over and over again and never felt bad about it.
0: <laughs> I have all these weird memories of listening to this music, and it's like, it's almost like Michael Jackson for me, where it's, I have absolutely no memory of ever listening to Billie Jean for the first time. Even though a Michael Jackson song, Fun Fact and A Sidestep, is the first song I ever really remember hearing on the radio.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah,
0: that, the Free Willy Michael Jackson song. <laughs>
1: Sure,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I will sing on the podcast, but I'm not doing Michael. <laughs> I remember hearing that song on the radio, and it's that is sort of like the first song I remember hearing on the radio and like cluing into, because I would, remember being absolutely astonished that it was a man singing.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Um, my mother told me, and I remember my longest friend that I've ever had, and we don't talk very often anymore, Michael, who I'm sure you remember thankfully. <laughs> yes, yep. <laughs> he apparently really liked that song when we were kids. Okay. So I was like, I like this song, and I remember hearing it, being like, y- "You, do." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's—I think that's the first song I ever really remember hearing on the radio. It's either that or Black or White, one of the. But it was definitely a Michael Jackson song. It was either the Free Willy song or the or Black or White. So anyway, but I find that Tears for Fears has kind of sit there with me memory-wise. I don't remember the first time I heard Shout or everybody wants to rule the world it just feels like it's it's like i was i was issued these memories at birth
1: yeah i oddly enough as soon as you said this album was pictured something in my head for like visuals and i immediately looked up the video for sowing the seeds of love and that's what i was picturing okay i don't know if you got a chance to check out videos but it's like a little bit kind of low budget, interesting, bit acid trippy, but also uh, really basic. Anyways, I definitely remember that music video for some reason, which is also shocking to me because we didn't really see music videos on country cable.
0: Yeah, as we discussed, we had radio antennas, which did not lead themselves to music Mm -mm. videos.
1: But can I just say how fun it is when people talk about how much they love the song Mad World to play the original for them? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad we were talking about Mad World. I figured we would. I didn't realize it'd be this early.
1: <laughs> Sorry, jumped I, right in.
0: No, like, let's 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 hit it and quit it. So I didn't get into videos, music videos, too much with these guys this week. What I did get into was little YouTubey documentaries and stuff of theirs, and I watched them live which oh, is something yeah, that of I yeah. haven't done with several artists that we've done now as I, I haven't bothered to go and listen to them to find any of their live stuff on YouTube but Mad World, there's a little 7 or 10 minute little video where they talk about that song and they talk about the Gary Jules version and how they feel they they love it and apparently they feel that his version is truer to the lyric than their version is yeah, totally
1: <laughs> 100% <laughs> It's so funny hearing, you know, in a funny kind of funny, a funny kind of head, the dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. It's so funny. It's yeah. like elevator pop of the most depressing song I've ever heard. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. Which is sort of their thing, that which they also touched on in that little... It's it's all from one interview, which they touched on, which is sort of like... They, they sort of joke about how they became known to like put really happy music to super depressing lyrics.
1: Oh, they won the award for that song.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although they do talk about that it's not about death and the whole idea of the, the dream I'm having... Or the dreams I'm having... The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I got there. Third time's a charm. You got it. It's actually not about wanting to die. It's about the fact that because you wake up from those dreams and realize you're alive.
1: Okay. The whole song, though, is depressing. And I listen to it a lot because I think I've said this before on the podcast. When I lived in England, you know how it's a big deal what the number one song is over Christmas? I've heard. (laughs) It was this one. (laughs) Like most of the time it's, you know, I think of the Love Actually song where, you know, it's the Christmas love jam, whatever. And it was this and it was this for weeks and weeks. And I listened to it all the time and I couldn't believe how depressed British people were. if This was the song that (laughs) resonated with them the most over the holiday season. (laughs) I still think that Gary Jules version is what most people have heard.
0: It's the one I heard first.
1: Yes, it's the one that, you know, I remember, I knew I'd heard this song, but certainly didn't connect it till way after the fact. But when I played this for my partner recently, he was like, turn this version off, it's awful. (laughs) And I went, this is the original, okay? They wrote this song, he's like, it's hideous. (laughs)
0: It doesn't hold up when you have heard the Gary Jules version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just just doesn't. Um, And they clearly don't have any ill feelings about it because they get paid every time his version gets played.
1: Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. But it's so different, and it's it's one of those things. You know when you and I know you're very critical of covers. I usually think covers are a blast unless it's being popified and, and ruined or something. But it's Kid one Pop. of those it's it's one of those things where this cover just like blew it, the original out of the water. Oh, you're some like, covers
0: totally crush it.
1: Yeah, this I would say I can't think of a better cover.
0: I would yeah, I would put this up there in terms of covers with like Hendrix's version of All on the Watchtower. There's three like I think I've I've read articles about like there's th- basically covers fall into three different three different categories. They're worse, they're a note for note recreation or they're better. Right. And most covers fall in the first two. And most people that yes. try to reimagine a cover end up in the first category. And like, I would say Aretha's cover of Bridge Over Troubled Waters falls into, they tr- they change it and it's not as good. Yeah. And yeah, Gary Jules, he, he crushed it. And yeah, I remember when that song came out, I think, I forget if it was high school or college when that song came out for me or us. I remember it came out because it was in the Gears for War trailer.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember it being on a commercial. I think.
0: Yeah, it was. Which is a video game. So the Gears for War is obviously a major. I know you're not much of a video game person. I'm not. It's a. It's a. It's a fairly major and successful video game franchise. And the first one that came out had Mad World by Gary Jules in the commercials and the trailer for it. Okay. Which is where we heard it for the first time. I do recall seeing this. (laughs) Wow. Of all the things you don't remember, you're like, yeah, I remember that. (laughs)
1: I remember being like, interesting choice. This is so depressing. And you think video games, like blah, 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 blah. Okay, we have to pause this. Um, But I'm looking up the best covers of all time, so we'll get back to that.
0: All right, right, let's do that. So I will just bring us back a minute. So Tears for Fears are an English pop band, and they were formed in Bath. It's two guys, Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith. Roland is the guy that sings most of the songs not mad world interestingly enough but he is the guy that sings most of the songs. he's got that big voice that you hear on shout and everybody wants to "World the world and stuff like that and most of their songs have been written by them they they are the songwriters you know musicians and everything
1: i have a comment on i don't always put the names of famous people to bands okay i would never put like Robert Plant with a band. I would like, I would separate people, and I didn't know that. So I was excited to see who I knew from Tears for Fears, and I knew none of those names.
0: <laughs> none of them? No. <laughs> so yeah, Roland Orzabal, I think I'm saying it right which is a mouthful, mm-hmm. but he deserves it because, you know, he, he looks, he lives up to his name in appearance, He looks like a
1: Roland or Zabal, for sure.
0: Yes, and fun fact that I learned on my YouTube deep dive of little documentaries of theirs is his parents were originally going to name him raul which is what he named his son and why he why there is a song near the back end of this album called raul and the kings of spain that's where that name came from
1: very interesting
0: so kurt smith i actually i had heard of him i think you Mentioned to me when we were talking through the week that, or maybe it was Renee, um, that I went through a Tears for Fears phase a number of years ago, and I actually started following Kurt Smith, their bass player, and as I mentioned when you were in the bathroom, the guy that actually sings Mad World. Hey, okay. He's the the higher voice. He's not the the power the powerhouse that Roland is that you know brings us such hits as Shout. He uh, I started following him on Facebook years and years and years and years and years and years ago.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I was, yeah, I went into sort of like I got into Tears for Fears at the time but it was like because it was i wasn't as open-minded then as i've sort of mentioned i've become because of this podcast by me getting into tears for fears basically me listening to all of the tears for fear songs that i knew already and going absolutely no further
1: <laughs> it's a uh, yeah true i used to think openly say that I hated 80s music and I have such a fond love of it now. It's one of those things where like forever wasn't cool if you were kind of growing up in the 90s. 100%. And now I adore it. But the the reason, and uh, the name didn't stick with me at all, but I saw the YouTube video of Kurt Smith and his daughter. Okay. They were playing, I thought it was Mad World, but I can't remember now. But it came out recently and it showed up on I don't know, I guess a Facebook feed. and I didn't they, It is Mad World. Okay, I didn't take the name away, but I was like, oh, that's the dude from Tears for Fears, (laughs) his daughter. That's amazing. But no, none of those names, uh, I didn't recognize any of those. Like I sometimes do with bands, but not not necessarily.
0: Yeah, and I think the 80s sort of suffer from that. And I, I was sort of part of the reason why I wanted to do 80s for April is because I had that sort of realization as well that you had where when we were growing up, nothing was less cool than the 80s. Didn't matter what decade you were talking about music from, the 80s was basically like 1979 ended, and then there was 10 years of nothing, and then Nirvana happened. And nobody wants to talk about anything that happened in between that. Nobody (laughs) wanted to talk about hair metal. Nobody wanted to talk about the pop music that came out then. Nobody wanted to talk about the alternative music, new wave, none of it. And I realized as I've gotten older and like... The 80s, I think with us being millennials and Gen Z being kind of the kids kind of coming up behind us, I think Gen Z has sort of rediscovered the 80s a little bit. And
1: yeah, the fashion
0: the fashion a little bit and the music and stuff and I think that we've now come far enough away from the 80s that it's okay to like the 80s again and I realized oh, yeah. that there's actually a lot of really great music that came out in the 80s that I I amongst a lot of the people that wrote it all off wrote it off and I just was like it's not good I don't want to hear about it and there's a lot of really great 80s artists and I'm I'm really excited to see what artist you suggest for the at the end of our episodes tonight or this afternoon, depending on what time's on.
1: So I just want to say that on the best covers of all time, Mad World is number 28. It's on the top 50 covers of all time. <laughs> By the way, What's... number one was Jimi Hendrix.
0: <laughs> all on the Watchtower. Yeah, yeah. it's it, that is usually the one that's held up. I remember I, I played uh, Liam, my son, he got into the covers at one point. He was like listening to some song and he was like, you know, he he had the same attitude as me. He's like, I don't like covers. What's the point? They're stupid and stuff like that. And I was like, but some are actually pretty good. And then I had to be the guy, you know, being the devil's advocate in that situation. He's like, well, what? And I was like, okay. So I played him. Jimi Hendrix is all on the watchtower and he was trapped in a car with me. So he, he couldn't like walk away and be like, dude, you're stupid because <laughs> he's 16 and that's just who he is. You're not like, gonna hey, tuck and was, roll
1: out of this car.
0: No, not not so much. So and then I played on that, and I was like, "Okay, what'd you think of that?" He's like, mm, "It's not bad." Then I played on Bob Dylan's version, and about halfway through, he's like, "You have to turn it off. The harmonica is killing me."
1: Bob Dylan can be, I mean, hard for anyone. At the best of time, I mean, like, I love Bob Dylan, but we got his Christmas album for my parents one year, and it was—is
0: he Jewish? It was,
1: I don't know, but it's rough. It's you have to really be deep into the. Rumnog to appreciate it.
0: Woof. I've I've never I've never been a Bob Dylan fan. I've you know I know some of his hits and stuff. Maybe Steven's a Bob Dylan fan. Pour some out for Steven, he's still not back. Although it sounds like he's he's he is talking about coming back.
1: I'm so excited.
0: So hey Steven. You're still part of the team, man. We still miss you. Can't
1: wait, friend.
0: <clears throat> maybe Steven's a Bob Dylan fan, and, and if he is, maybe he'll bring Bob Dylan to the podcast. But yeah, uh, it, and that's awesome. Mad World's on there. It deserves to be.
1: Yeah. I just wondered if I was talking out of my ass.
0: So it's pretty low. I would have thought it'd be higher. So it must have a lot more like classic rock covers up top.
1: So before it...
0: What's the top five?
1: Okay. One sec. Okay, number one, All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix, which I didn't actually realized was a cover. So I'm an idiot. Number two is a little bit surprising to me and a little bit of a fuck you from someone who loves Canadian bands, American Woman by Lenny Kravitz. Okay, the guess who did it well as well.
0: (laughs) I would disagree with that. I think i think the guess whose version is far superior but i guess it's, i wouldn't it's a decent cover it's not a number two so i i would argue with the person that made this list but anyway continue. Yep.
1: yeah i'm already arguing angel from montgomery by bonnie wright originally by john prine yes that's i don't a know that one great cover i don't I'll take your word for it know why i know that because the night by bruce springsteen originally by Patti smith i have no idea what that song is
0: not a springsteen fan so no nope, i don't, don't know it. anything
1: about it and louie louie by the Kingsmen, written by richard berry originally performed by rockin robin roberts and the whalers
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay times. i i enjoy songs that you don't realize are covers i didn't realize for the longest time i actually found out recently because renee's favorite band of all time is heart and i'm not a has- that's so, fair that's
1: interesting okay
0: and she has a special love for the song all i want to do is make love to you okay which is deep deep heart 80s okay and i didn't re- and i found out recently because she's like i'm gonna write this murder mystery about that song and it's gonna be great and she was just you know all like deep into it because she just loves ann wilson from heart so much and i looked up that song and i was like renee that's a cover and she was like fuck you (laughs) which i didn't realize and so that was a fun little moment that we had in the last kind of like couple of months where she was like all about this song and she's like I just I wish I knew Anne's story about writing that song and what is it and did, you know blah 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 and I was like oh man, my like, god that's was so funny man. and she just like I just heard tables flipping and like over the phone
1: <laughs> that's so funny that would be upsetting
0: <laughs> I enjoy those moments but <laughs> she was definitely upset about it and she was just like well now I'm not doing it <laughs>
1: <Just like laughs> one of my big
0: accident I found out totally by accident one
1: of my big piss offs is when people think jeff buckley wrote hallelujah What people are don't people don't realize that's a cover and i'm like that is definitely a cover everyone leonard cohen
0: yes it would be fun to do an episode where we just pick like a covers album and we talk about covers anyway. Yeah, I that wanna, would be fun. I feel like we're rat holing here a little bit. A little. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Mad World. Yes. If you've heard Mad World by Gary Jules, fun fact, it was originally written by Tears for Fears. And if you listen to the Tears for Fears version, unless you have a very, very open mind, if you really like Gary Jules' version, you'll probably hate their version. But my advice to you would be if you're starting off on a Tears for Fears journey, not to start a Mad World.
1: For sure. That, it might turn you off a little bit.
0: So, what else did you like about this album? I mean, I, I, I got so interested in just them as like a band. Like, I didn't realize in the mid-90s when they broke up, because in 1991, they broke up and so the back half of this album that we listened to it i think it's the back half maybe the back third is basically tears for fears but it was only roland he was releasing music as tears for fears and kurt smith had left and was gone and was releasing his own solo stuff under kurt smith but roland as far as i know and i didn't look that hard to be fair didn't release anything under his name he released everything he maintained ownership and the rights to release music as tears for fears and did so
1: oh interesting i didn't even notice that actually
0: yeah, it's difficult to tell, sort of, especially listening to a Greatest Hits album because he sings so many of the songs anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not sort of like, you know, oh, I haven't heard Kurt in the back half of this album. It's like, well, it's not really that out of the ordinary. But yeah, he apparently, like, they got to the place where, like, a lot of bands do where they just couldn't stand to be in the same room with each other and stuff and went their own separate ways. And apparently he, as a vocalist and songwriter, he apparently had started his career trying to write songs that he felt like anyone could sing. So that they were very, you know, he could reach a lot of people and they felt really like they could connect to it and they could do this. And he realized that by the time he got to that point in his career, he wanted to be one of those vocalists that's like his songs could only be sung by him. Right. He wanted to be like at that level. And my attitude is like, yeah. And I think no matter how approachable he wanted his songs to be in the first place, I I haven't heard a cover of Shout, which I think is probably his signature song. Right and i can't imagine ever hearing another cover of it maybe rick Astley could do it because he's got a big voice as well but that that would be a hell of a bill i would go see a rick Astley tears for fears <laughs> show
1: that would be the ultimate <laughs> 80s bill for
0: sure <laughs> like the bangles opening or something
1: oh my god yeah
0: <laughs>
1: i was out at my parents briefly Ugh, i know not COVID. okay we were on the deck and i was playing this for fun and my parents didn't really know who it was and (laughs) women in chains was playing and my mom and i's there's a bridge i think right before the chorus and my mom and i started singing along but what we realized is we were singing a different song and (laughs) we were singing foreigner i want to know what love is And it took us a solid 20 minutes to figure that out, but there's a little part, it sounds exactly the same, at yes. like 150, and you want to go right into, I want to know where love
0: is. Yes, there, I had those moments too, Woman in Chains featuring Oletta Adams, by the way, who does a great job. I'd never heard of her before, but before we move away from that song too much, it's worth shouting out Oletta Adams because she does a fantastic job. I had those moments as well through this album. I kept hearing them sing parts of songs and I was like, that's not how this goes what is it and i think yeah. chains could have been one of them for me do that or i love you but i'm lost see i should have made notes and i didn't but mm-hmm. one of them i think it might have been woman in chains it kept reminding me of heartbeat city by the cars and i couldn't place it i was like what is this like why why what what song is this And what and and eventually i figured it out and so i had to go and listen to the cars's performance at live 8 in 85 that made me feel better but um yeah, love the cars, another great eighties band.
1: I don't know a lot about the cars. Except for that one song that I lost just what in I needed.
0: I don't mind you coming here. No,
1: but I didn't know that's who that was.
0: Oh yeah, that's that was their first hit. Don't they sing this
1: song No. <laughs> but that's I know that song. <laughs> <laughs> Something about who's taking you home tonight or who's driving you home. Dri- I mean?
0: Yep. Who's gonna drive you home that's, tonight? That's I yep. think I
1: brought it up on the last podcast. Because I think it sounded like a Santa Gold song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yes. Yeah, so Drive and uh, is sung by their bass player, Benjamin Orr. R.I.P. The Car... I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. The Cars is one of the... <laughs> when we decided to do this this podcast, The Cars are one of the bands that I wanted to do. They're one of oh. the first bands I thought about doing. It just hasn't come up yet. But yes, I don't want to get too much into The Cars because I want to do it in another episode. Okay, great. I kept, But I kept having those moments as well where I was listening to the Tears for Fear songs and trying to place what song it sounded very much like from the same era, and I think that's maybe just a symptom of the 80s, where people yeah. were using drum loops and stuff. There probably wasn't a whole lot of variety.
1: The synth sound a little bit? Yeah,
0: yeah they were sort of locked into the you know, what, whatever pre-programmed sounds were in the Casios of the day.
1: I thought that the beginning of Change sounded very similar to the X-Files theme song. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I could hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I immediately was like, Mulder, Scully. Interested. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> One of the songs I couldn't place, but fell completely in love with was Head Over Heels. And I got to the song Head Over Heels and I was like, I, I really struggled to get further in the album because I kept wanting to listen to it over and over and over and over again. The first time I heard it, I was driving home from Renee's house, I think, last Sunday, kind of going... I was like, okay, I got like, you know, round trip. I got about 45 minutes in the car to go to her house and back. And so I I threw it on. I, you know, passed, I think I got to about Mad World or something. And I sort of started sowing the seeds of love to drive back from her place. And just as I hit the highway, Head Over Heels came on and it wasn't very loud. And I was just like, when I got to the chorus and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I like stopped and started it over again.
1: It feels like every 80s movie montage of like driving away into the yes. sun or to do um, something, but it feels like an 80s movie must.
0: Yes, 100%. <laughs> and so much like I did with Alanis is I went on a YouTube spree of trying to find every live version I could of it <laughs> to see if they sang it as well live and they did. I
1: bet they did.
0: Because Roland is just as good live as he is in the studio.
1: He's, he sounds raw enough that he would pull this off.
0: And so they were- they were a hell of an live act, and still are, because they've retained their voices pretty well. He just sounds a bit older. He's lost some of his power. But, oh my god, I love Head Over Heels. I texted it to Renee, I was like, Oh my god, what is this song? Why have I never heard it? It's amazing. And she's like, how have you not heard this song?
1: (laughs) Get what's (laughs) up
0: i just i couldn't stop listening to it i just couldn't and so for me to like I remember hearing head over heels and just being like yes my stereo in the car just does not go loud enough for this song and then woman in chains came on right afterwards and i was like this song suffers greatly from coming <laughs> on the heels of that banger
1: yeah
0: <laughs> woman in chains although it's great for me it just never it's like a song that never crescendos yeah and head over heels crescendos the hell out of it. Although it does suffer from that little bit of tears for fearsiness that I noticed where it seems like they're not sure how to end their songs.
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that.
0: Cause they get, they do like the whole thing and it's awesome. And then at the end, they're like la, 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 la for like a minute. And I was like, this probably doesn't need to be here guys.
1: Also, <laughs> Sowing Seeds of Love, which I love that song is six minutes and 18 seconds. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching the video, I kept wanting to do something else and I'm like, oh, it's still going. And then I'm like, the has to <laughs> it's still going. Oh my God, are they doing this again? I just need to leave, but I'm going to watch it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, some other, I find, the way I, yeah, the way I sort of landed on it is they're just not sure how to end their songs. Yeah. Because even, you even- even shout which i keep coming back to because it's one of the songs i think if you don't know tears for fears if someone put it on you probably know it, it, it even that it sort of suffers from not knowing when to end it, it kind of builds and builds and builds to that like killer guitar solo at the end but then it keeps going <laughs> yes kind of for no reason
1: yeah i definitely found that with even women in chains is six minutes and 30 seconds like how yes. many times <laughs> can you sing <laughs> woman in, in chains a lot actually yeah.
0: yeah and raul and the king of spain again 517 they have some long songs but the i yeah i think the verse and like the, the song isn't there i think i don't know i think they get into maybe building the songs for the stage because they know that their songs are very sing-alongable maybe right? they want to have they're building them for the stage a little bit which is why they have those like na na na's and repeating and repeating stuff parts but i'm not sure i know that apparently when they wrote shout when roland wrote shout he said that he just wanted to have the chorus because he th- and, and to almost do it like this trance thing the engineer and i think kurt was like no you need to write verses for it
1: <laughs> i mean can you even think of what the verses are for this no
0: <laughs> for shout
1: <laughs> i can just yeah. think of the chorus We're like <laughs> get to the verse i don't know what it is
0: like In violent times, shouldn't have to sell your soul. Right, and
1: then you're like, get back to the chorus already.
0: <laughs> I I'm I know the whole song. I, mm. I, I can I, I know what you mean, because that's how I am for a lot of Aretha songs. Right. To go back to that, you know, one thing. One of the things I wanted to touch base on in that in that recording, but we didn't get to, was how everyone knows the words to Respect and simultaneously doesn't know any of them.
1: Well, that's me. But that's my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I every song I sing I think I know the words to and I don't and I that I would doubt would be any exception but I remember googling once and being like yeah I'm way off with that but I think <laughs> I know it now but I'm not gonna pretend or try <laughs> to do that
0: people so don't know the lyrics to respect this past week I watched uh, a video of Aretha actually i was editing our aretha episode and there you made some points in it that i wanted to go back and sort of like you know follow up on and one of the things you mentioned is you watched that documentary of hers where it doesn't really expose any of her personality and so i ended up on youtube watching like aretha franklin being queen bitch for like 10 minutes or something like that and one of the moments was she was being interviewed by someone and the woman interviewing her had the wrong words to respect because no. the people researching her notes to ask Aretha had the wrong words. So on her card they were like R E S P E C T. I don't know the words I've forgotten. It's like the T C P part, like taking care of business. Okay. You know whatever it is, like take fat but T C P. That part they had, which is the part. I mean even now I've read it, I've heard Aretha correct this woman. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> it's T C B for taking care of business, but it's like take take something for T C B anyway. But yeah, that woman had it wrong, and Aretha's like, no, honey those aren't the words and this woman was just like you guys feel her asshole slam shut as she's like looking at people off camera <laughs> like what the fuck
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah i i imagine she would be extremely uh, intimidating and a bit scary oh
0: 100 100 i'm still uh,
1: trying to get the documentary it's not on disney plus and it's on global but i can't get the part of the global app to watch it it's so irritating i just want to see it in all this world of streaming why can't i just watch a docuseries that is the most
0: infuriating thing about streaming i I think and it's something that actually came up in a webcomic years and years ago about game of thrones Mm. this guy who writes the comic xkcd wanted to watch game of thrones like legit he didn't want to steal it he didn't want to torrent it and he went through, like, all, and it shows this, like, our, the cartoon, the, the webcomic is basically, like, this guy tr- going all, through all of these, av- all this effort to watch it for real, like, to watch it legit, and eventually just, like, gives up and torrents it. And the comic ends with just like, you know, that Cersei Lannister's a real bitch, and he's like, she sure is. <laughs> um,
1: okay, I have a 80s song quiz for you.
0: Okay, hit me. Yeah, you mentioned this it's- it was coming. It's,
1: which do you like better? Okay. This or that? And if you don't know the song, that's fair, because I listened, <clears throat> because we listening to this album, I listened to a large amount of other 80s music.
0: Awesome. We'll get into that after the quiz, because we got to talk about what else we listened to okay. this
1: week. Well, I already said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this or that. Midnight Oils, Beds Are Burning, or Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Crowded House. Interesting.
0: I love that song. I was very proud of myself and I learned all the words to it.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> very proud I'm of myself. I'm <laughs> making notes.
1: I don't know why. I'm like <laughs> writing this down. I'm like, go on. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, both great, but I gotta go Credit House.
1: Duran Duran's Ordinary World versus Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me.
0: Simple Minds.
1: Okay. You choose Where the Streets Have No Name or David Bowie's Let's Dance.
0: It hurts me to say. But you too. I don't oh, like I yeah. don't like that song. I don't like Let's Dance.
1: It hurts me to hear that as well.
0: You David Bowie a lot more than you too, but I just don't particularly care for Let's Dance.
1: I know, no, I hear you. I that's a tough one. <laughs> Free Fallin' by Tom Petty. Or Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen.
0: Tom Petty. Although I don't particularly like either of those songs. I love Tom Petty, actually.
1: Whitney Houston, I wanna dance with somebody. Or Tina's What's up, got to do the, got to
0: do the That's almost impossible to choose, but Gun to Head, Whitney Houston
1: Okay, fascinating Okay, I only, I have two more Fine Young Cannibals Drive Me Crazy Or sets The Look
0: Oh my god, probably Fine Young Cannibals
1: Interesting Okay, last one Well, I already know the answer, I think Billie Jean by Michael Jackson Or Start Me Up by The Stones
0: Billy Jean.
1: Yeah, gross. Okay, that was a fun little quiz.
0: That was fun. I wish there was thirty more, but that wouldn't oh. be very interesting for <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> I think it makes. I think it, you learn a lot about your musical influences and tastes for answering some of those.
0: Okay. Okay. So, I, um, some of your answers are obviously in, embedded in your response, your reaction to mine. But what are your answers for those?
1: The first one, I love both of those songs, but I think. Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. Okay. I think I'm with you in Simple Minds. I have a secret, very intense hatred for you too. So I just have to, by default... I mean that song is better you're right it just hurts my soul and fuck you too and bono and the rest of them
0: sure we've talked about it before (laughs) i feel like we've laid a good bedrock for why this hurts so bad
1: yeah (laughs) it's not great tom petty for sure i'm with you with whitney houston and i don't know why fine young cannibals and roxette is i don't like if i absolutely had to pick i think it would be roxette and most definitely the stones Michael Jackson any
0: day sure I like "Start me up I do I think I just I have a love for Billie Jean I just I do
1: well she's not your girl
0: she's not <laughs> I don't particularly listen to Michael anymore either oh. I feel like it's just safer to to dodge it with all the allegations just 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 stay away
1: I think you can listen to it in your own time and whatever you just have to realize that try and maybe separate the artistry from the musician I try well. to but like, am I? Do radio stations need to play it? Probably not. But if you want to listen to it in your own time, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I guess at this point, the, the my, my biggest concern is in these cases, it's like me listening to this these these songs legitimately, especially through streaming and like if you watch it on like Vivo YouTube channel and stuff like that. Like the artists get kickback for that, right? And the people that potentially have been hurt by these people are not getting kickback from that.
1: Right, fair enough. I got deep into Michael Jackson maybe at the beginning of COVID with several different podcasts, and then I watched the Oprah interview. But I was very deep into it for months, and I don't know why. It was just I just went there and I stayed it there for quite a while.
0: I've done it. It hasn't been recently. Uh, most recently, I would finally got around to like Leaving Neverland, yeah, or whatever it was that all that all of that stuff, and really got into the allegations.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, I've watched the Oprah interviews and stuff and I've watched the, I remember watching the Martin Bashir stuff and anyway, I don't know. It's its one of those things and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before with some of the other artists that have recently come to light, one of whom it was sort of like, oh, it's always the people you medium expect and someone else who was sort of really devastating to you and kind of a surprise, I think. And it's like, what's what's your morality as a, as a listener and as a person to these artists that you love who all of a sudden have hurt people and like you have that moral conflict of supporting their art but you don't support them as a person anymore maybe or yeah you, you struggle to and there
1: are some definitely some musicians where I can't I don't I can't separate it and maybe that's the right answer and I don't want to hear it because I'm like oh you're such a piece of shit that I don't want to mm-hmm. listen to your music anymore but there's also some songs that are really important to me that are about what I went through or what I listened to when I was this age. And some of those, I don't think can be taken away. I don't know. It's really, it's a really complicated subject though.
0: It is. And I I enjoy talking about this stuff with you, but I think for now we probably should veer back to tears for fears. Oh man, (laughs) sowing seeds of
1: love just came on.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I have stay on right now, which is past head over heels. So I haven't heard it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> <laughs> definitely less than the beginning of the album there's some really good stuff at the in the back half of the album which i and i and i admit that because i got so into head over heels which is song seven out of 16 so really in that middle zone
1: yeah i, would um, say I didn't hear the the first half definitely played a lot
0: the first half crushes it that's all the big hits that mm-hmm. like you would know and then the second half is like where they still had hits but they weren't quite as culturally relevant but, you know, I, I gotta say that Raul and the Kings of Spain song is really good. When I got it to it, like, maybe the third or fourth time, I was like, this song is actually really good. It is a bit long, but it has a big Tears for fearsy chorus in it, and I'm, I'm here for it. I think it's a really good song, and I think it's cool to see something... You know that late in their career they still had a hit and it was just i think that was pre them coming back together so it was just roland but it's a good song
1: that is the problem with these best best of albums is that you don't know when in time the songs came out or at what part of their career because you know there's that extra layer of when you're kind of picking it apart and understanding that's the one thing with best ofs is you, you it's i don't know what's new and what's old and what was later in the career so i i'm glad you did that
0: Yeah, Raul and the Kings of Spain is the title track off the album Raul and the Kings of Spain, which is from
1: 1995. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So a good solid 10 years after Songs from the Big Chair, which is their second album, which has most of the songs people know on it. It's got Shout, it's got Everybody Wants to Rule the World, it's got uh, Head Over Heels and Broken on it. So it's got those three really big hits on it. Okay. And that is it's, you know, it's the picture of them in, in black and white, where they look really like, sort of, they've got that 80s look to their hair, and <laughs> It is, it is the famous image and famous album of theirs. Okay. It is probably the most famous image of theirs, because their album that came out previous to that, The Hurting from 1983, has Mad World on it, which really propelled them to the point of being able to write their second album. Not to dwell too much on Mad World, but there was when that little thing that I watched, Roland talks about how he wrote that song, and apparently he wrote that song sitting in his girlfriend's apartment while she worked three jobs. Which also made me feel like, shout out to all those girlfriends out there that worked their fucking asses off so their artist boyfriend could stay home and turn it into a a career. Because so many of them don't turn into tears for fears and there's still those angels of the world out there working their asses off to support their deadbeat artist boyfriend <laughs> yeah. so, so shout out to her i don't know her name but shout out to her and, and all of the artist supporting girlfriends or boyfriends whoever you are if you're working your ass off so they can pursue their art hat tip to you. But he said he wrote Mad World basically sitting in a her apartment window watching people go to work and feeling like he wasn't part of the world because he was sitting at home unemployed, watching all these people living their lives going to work. It's through the window.
1: Such a brilliant song.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a really cool story because you don't often get the stories behind songs and you know, something like Mad World it's be like, Well I had a really bad dream and I just I hated the world and I was young. And nothing seemed to be going my way. But he was like, no, I just realized how hard everybody had to work and how separated from them all I was. So he's basically watching businessmen go to work from his flat.
1: (laughs) Also, who is Gary Jules? Is he anybody?
0: Uh, I don't know. He's a
1: hard nobody. Sorry. I think so. What? it? So riddle me this. If I just pick a really good song to cover, I could make it. Is this what I Yeah,
0: you only need one song.
1: But if you a have a burger cover.
0: cover would be less ideal. What you want to get is that song you write though. Like you want you want your funky talent.
1: <laughs> I'm just uh oh, he had a song on scrubs.
0: Okay. Apparently Mad World was originally for the film Donnie Darko, which I yes, never saw. yes
1: I did. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked on that. I really enjoyed listening to this. Like I said, it was warm, lovely summer day as a child. It felt like a, a ride in the back of the car with ambient music. <laughs> it's an inside joke, I think.
0: It may be. We've, just, we've talked about what it is. And those videos, since I found them, that is what I listen to when I do our editing. It takes me about six hours to edit a, bit, uh, a podcast episode. I do it across two evenings of three-hour blocks, And that's what I listen to.
1: Can I tell you a really funny story of if you might have seen my Spotify this week? When I was in Toronto, my partner snores, so I quite often end up sleeping on the couch and in a hotel room you can't do that. So I brought these headphones (laughs) and played rain and slept. That's how I (laughs) slept. I played white noise rain music on these headphones and couldn't sleep on my side. I wondered if anyone could see my Spotify being like, there's been a lot of white noise. going.
0: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even, I didn't notice, but I often wonder if you notice that mine is often like that. It's like, oh, Bryn's listening to like lo-fi beats again for like eight hours. <laughs> I
1: play my Spotify off of my phone and I don't see what other people are listening yeah, you to. Can. But yeah. I can see what you're listening to now and what Steven is listening to right now.
0: Yes, something called "Oops" by Young Gravy.
1: <laughs> Off of the album Gasanova.
0: Gasanova. <laughs> Steven's a lot cooler than we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't wait till he brings his eclectic music yes. back. Our listenership might plummet, but
1: <laughs> I did get a from a uh, listener. I was told that we have to do more country, so that's why he doesn't oh, really?
0: return. Yeah. Okay, we got a request through Instagram for for an album this this week. But it is very obviously a hardcore rap album, so again, we need Steven for it. Okay. But, uh, you know, some guy was like, hey, would you take requests? And I was like, sure, we'll take a request. I was like, why not? And he's like, cool, can you listen to this? And I was like, yeah, we'll let you know. We'll tag you when we do. He's like, thanks, man. I took a look at him. It's very hardcore rap. Okay. But whatever, man, who cares? Yeah. somebody wants to engage us and put it out there, if you're listening and you want to hit us up on Instagram and suggest an album, we're not going to be able to do it next time, but we will definitely put it in the tank. (laughs) And depending on what depending on what it is you know we're waiting for steven to return or we might get you know ben to come back if steven can't return for a while and we want to do another rap album or something like that but we kind of need someone who knows the genre was, a little well, bit
1: i was gonna say can you imagine <laughs> you and me doing a rap um, we'd be like yeah. yeah they were speaking fast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, somebody who knows the genre a little bit so that we don't just sit there going like, well, I have no idea if this is good or not, but my listening experience was I didn't pay much attention to what they were saying. Yeah. I like, I, I agree with you on the idea of greatest hits albums. I kept thinking about it this week because we've suggested a few greatest hits albums and it was something Steven and I talked about not really doing when mm-hmm. we started the podcast because It kind of almost closes the door on the artist once you listen to you know something like we did this week with this album that is all of their greatest hits across all of their albums and it's 17 songs and it's over an hour long and it's like what doesn't make sense to then go back and listen to the albums these songs came from it seems like not you know if we listen to songs from a big chair that has like three or four songs that are already on this album it's like do we, are we killing these artists for ourselves by doing greatest hits?
1: I disagree, or I would say no, because okay. those are 14 more songs of this band that I would not have ever listened to, anyways. Okay. So I think you open the door up, but it's so difficult with really big artists, like to pick an album for Aretha or Tears for Fears. Or Charlie Pride, I'm sure I don't know shit about it, but it's really hard because you're trying to show the other like the other, other people, each other, yeah. what's kind of amazing about the artist or whatever. So I'm really glad you you chose the best of for this, because I think an album would have been like, uh yeah. I mean, it was interesting, but I still I still feel like I got exposed more to the band that I would have ever listened to on my own and if I want to explore more, that's great, but it was still a lot of songs, like you know what it I mean? It was,
0: I hadn't heard of the majority of them, honestly. Me
1: neither, that's what I mean Yeah,
0: okay, great, That that's decided then, I, I wanted your take on it because <sighs> before because we've now done a few greatest hits albums and, and like in doing Aretha and this one kind of all in kind of the same month mm-hmm. block. I was just worried that maybe we were limiting ourselves on returning to these artists a little bit.
1: I would say for an artist that is so huge, I don't know. I know what you're saying about not doing it all the time. I agree because it's kind of about understanding the workings of, a, of an album. But I would say once in a while, I actually find it really fun because you're yeah. listening to... St- you know, kind of top quality shit the whole time that you may not have other words, otherwise have heard.
0: Yeah, because I don't, like, as an example, some of these later albums for Tears for Fears from the 90s, we probably wouldn't get to them unless we do this podcast for, like, 10 years. And
1: they were probably shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they they wouldn't...
1: They wouldn't have the vibe.
0: They And they don't, because, I mean, even as much as I like that "Rural" and the King of Spain song, it doesn't sound like Tears for Fears in the 80s. And then that's that's fine because these artists have to adapt, and the technology gets better, and their attitude towards music and their attitude as people change. And you can't just remake the same album all the time. But when I wanted to do '80s, I wanted to like feel the '80s in my soul, and you know, have that that drum sound that's so '80s, and have you know the synthesizer sound that's very '80s that everybody shit on for so long. But if you just take a step back and listen to it, it's like, no, these songs fucking are killer.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay awesome so as, are those your final do you have any final thoughts on tears for fears or, or was that kind of how you felt about it
1: i think i said it it was nice it was nostalgic it was uh accessible and and lovely and brought back some very warm nice memories of a as a child so good good pick i didn't i didn't even know you knew who tears for fears i don't know your 80s repertoire at all so this is great
0: okay this was a lot of fun for me to visit because when i had started listening to tears for fears a little bit as a result of listening to santa gold definitely i've never been this far with tears for fears ever i think maybe listening to mad world probably and maybe like pale shelter and stuff some other like lesser known hits these days it's probably as far as I ever got like Head Over Heels apparently was massive and I never heard it until this week and I felt completely in love with that song like that song is amazing and I'm going to be listening to it forever. Yay. So yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, for playing along while I took us down uh, while we listened to Tears for Fears. It was a lot of fun. If you're not familiar with Tears for Fears, you probably know a lot more of their songs than you realize. And if you know the Gary Jules version of Mad World, these guys wrote it. Don't start there if you're going to listen to them. I think, like I said earlier, (laughs) don't start with listening to their version of Mad World because you're going to be like, I hate Tears for Fears. But this is a Rule the World Greatest Hit from 2017 is a really, really great entry point for this band. And even if you only get as far as the first half of the album, worth it. it's worth it.
1: Yeah, awesome choice.
0: Thank you. What do you have for us for next week?
1: For next week, we're going to be listening to Kick by NXS.
0: Ooh, I've never listened to NXS.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, this will be interesting to hear what you have to say coming in cold, because it's one of those things that also kind of have memories for me, so I don't want to get into it. But there's no fun story behind that, so I feel like I'm leading into something. But I'm just curious to know (laughs) know what what it'll be like to hear it um, for the first time.
0: Okay, and I presume we're doing the regular, but not the 30th deluxe version. It's like a three hours long. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't even know we'll do is. We'll
0: just do the regular one. <laughs>
1: but I am determined to find the documentary on him to watch before this. It's so hard. I can't tell you how hard it is.
0: I'll take a look for it. Maybe we can find it in a less than legal manner and I can share it with you. Perfect. All right, great. Yeah, I look forward to this. I've never, I probably have heard a couple of NXS songs, but I couldn't name them. I know that there's a tragic story about, yeah, their lead singer or something anyway we'll get into it Yep. look forward to it thank you so much Angie hey. and thank you so much for listening we did it tears for fears go check them out and give the 80s a shot <laughs> and if you're our age and you're listening to us and you're kind of our age and in your mid late 30s and you have negative impressions or negative feelings about the 80s because you grew up in the 90s and everybody hated the 80s. Let it go. Let it go and and give yourself a chance to go and just like enjoy the music. Yeah, man. Because as much as people shit on it for being mindless pop music that all sounded the same, it does a heck of a lot better job of being that than I would argue the music of today does. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We will hopefully catch you next time if you're still here and we'll be back and we'll keep you in the loop of... Hopefully when Stephen returns. Yay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life2Labyrinth.